Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV and you. All right, let's roll. Here we go. Mentioned it last hour that uh, it looks like Chubba Purdy and Tate Rodemaker got most of the action today at quarterback. I did not attend today's practice reading uh, the reports, though. It, it seems that those two gentlemen uh, got the uh, got the bulk, if not all, of the reps. And that, of course, leads one to wonder why that would be. I mean, obviously, those are two guys that you may end up needing, but not guys that you thought you would need right away this year, and certainly not two guys that you thought would be in the mix to uh, take a day worth of reps away from the potential quarterback battle that is Jordan Travis and Mackenzie Milton. But uh, if neither of those young men were available to play today, that automatically is going to lead to quite a bit of speculation, even if it is that Mike Norvell had this to say about why they weren't there or why it was the other two got the bulk of the reps. I've had three pretty, uh, pretty, good, pretty good days. Uh, you know, the workload's been high. Uh, I really like, like the, uh, the competitiveness that we're showing. Just continuing to, to refine the uh, the fundamentals and the specifics of what we're trying to accomplish. So um, I thought it was a good day. You've really been uh, trying to get a good look at the the two young quarterbacks. Uh, I've really been pleased with you know Chuba and uh, and Tate these last few days. You know we've had a, had a big workload. You look at the scrimmage, and I would say uh, you know McKenzie and Jordan you know you know probably took overall about eighty five percent of the snaps. So we wanted to get a few days here uh, this week to to let those young guys you know show their growth you know from the scrimmage and I think both those guys have really taken advantage of those opportunities here uh, you'll get some reps with the first group and, and trying to mix and match that so um, good work days um, tomorrow will be a, a, a special teams emphasis also continuing to work some uh, some other situations you know two minute drills things like that so uh, hopefully we continue to build off of uh, you know what we've been installing here this week and and be a little bit crisper tomorrow when it comes to that quarterback maintenance is that part of the course for you or is it just yeah absolutely we're going to continue to continue to work those guys making sure we get a great evaluation of each uh you know, if each of the guys um you know uh, it's one of those things you know especially with the young guys you know there's times when you're working with the the third group and and maybe you know the line combination that you're with is a little bit different uh, you know trying to get them matched up with some of the uh, uh the better guys up front and some of those receivers to see how they respond and uh, i think they've done a nice job with it well, that's one way to describe why it was your top two guys out there were not getting the reps that they would ordinarily get. Uh, uh, you know, uh, and anything else would be speculation on our part, but it certainly lends itself to speculation. There's no doubt about that. I'll also, just as an aside, say this. You know, we go through trends over the years. Uh, of course, it's true in football, just like it is in fashion. Uh, but in this case, I'm going to marry the two. We really need to get back to looser-fitting, baggy shorts that we wear while working out. This is highly unnecessary, what's going on here at Florida State and everywhere else, I presume. I don't know if this is being fo- you know, foisted upon us by Nike or what's going on, 
but can we not wear leotards out here while we're practicing football? This sir, is ridiculous. Sir, in the post-COVID world, the cost of materials has gone up exponentially. I'm so sorry that you like I, the days of Allen Iverson baggy let shorts. Let me tell you something. We are damn, uh, you know, a year away. We are reps away, if you will, from these dudes just taking the field naked and we're being told to grow up. This is ridiculous. We've got to stop the nonsense here. It is unsightly. It is pornographic. I think we need to get to a place. What are we doing? This is absurd. Put some pants on. I I, I just, every time there's a still photo on our website on warchant.com, you go, oh, geez, I'm moving on. Don't need to see all that. It's just ridiculous. So I'm assuming that's where you were just moments ago. Well, I just wanted to see if we had some practice photos that I could maybe glean something from. And the first thing I see is half-naked dudes. Oh, I'm like, come on, man. We're practicing football out here. Put some pants on. It's not that hard. Uh, a slight tangent of what you're talking about. You have seen that trend in, in basketball. Guys are wearing the, it's the shorter shorts in basketball. I call out it's to not at 1984, Coach but Leonard it's, Hamilton to put an end to the nonsense. Leonard knows both eras. Let's not do this. It's like the famed picture in Sports Illustrated of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson guarding one another. You're like, oh, my God. Foul on both of you. This is just not going to get it. This is not what we do. Thank you, Troy, for saving us. Troy's going to be down from Wyoming for the UMass game because he wanted a guaranteed win. Good call. Diehard listener here in Wyoming. Coming to the UMass game, haven't been to a game since 2001. I'm hoping that's a guaranteed win. Go Knowles. Troy, you have been occupied, sir. I mean, 2001 is 20 years ago. You couldn't escape Wyoming for a game in 20 years? Now, I don't know your circumstances, and I'm not judging you at all. I certainly hope not. We thank you, Troy. I don't know. Yeah, certainly we do. Gracious. No, I'm not being critical. I'm just saying, Jesus, 20 years. I, what I'm what I am saying though here is, and I don't know how one would do it. I've not, you know, I'm not a rancher, and I've never lived in the mountains and or uh, you know any of the the rocky terrain. Uh, but I, if I lived in Wyoming, even if this were not true, not the part about living in Wyoming, it is true. Let's say I'm living in Wyoming, but this next thing that I'm about to say, even if this wasn't an accurate accurate descriptor. If when I came to town from Wyoming to go to a game far more frequently than every 20 years, Troy, I would, by the way, when I, upon landing and my friends would pick me up and, oh, Cameron, it's great to see you. We're going to kick the bejesus out of UMass today. Yes, we are, Kyle. Can't wait. It's going to be a good time. And then somebody would say, where are you living in Wyoming? And I'd say, the high country. I live in the high country. Now, I don't know if that's true, if there's such a place in Wyoming or anything like that. I just think that that would be a great thing to say about my place in Wyoming. All right, go ahead, Troy. Let us know if there's a high country, because there's a hill country in Texas. So I live in the high country, like a lot of my uh, cohorts who work the land. We live in the high country. It's hard living. High country sounds better than hill country, though. Hill country sounds like it could get a little squirrely. Maybe oh, the, hill country sounds like... Where the carnies live. Yeah. You know? Banjos. But right. I'm telling you, the high country, that's pristine. That's the way it should be. It's what happened when men first encountered the open plains and later the, the mountains themselves, inclement weather, fighting to survive in the high country with their loved ones and wagons. 
So that's I, that's what I would say every time. High country might not exist, but I would tell you that I live there. In fact, I'm going to start telling people I live in the high country, no matter where I'm from, when they ask me. Maybe as the uh, manifest destiny was manifesting and folks were traveling mm-hmm. to these mm-hmm. reaches uh, of our fine nation, maybe there was a day in which maybe the dad of the family and the oldest son said, you know what? We're going to try out son number two and son number three, our third and fourth strongest men mm-hmm. in this family to handle the wagon. Because <laughs> we need to see. Can they handle the wagon? Can they handle the wagon? Here in the high country, things go south in a hurry. Can my third and fourth son, weak as they may be, rise up and yeah. handle the wagon in these difficult times? We need a proper evaluation of our children. True Seminole writes, Jeff, what's your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the possibility of West Virginia joining the ACC and who would come with them? Well, a lot of fans who still like to grow out a tail in the back of their head and wear raccoon skin. That's who would come with them. It would be an unsettling sight, barrels and such, a lot of possum eating, and uh, some yickety-doos in the stands. You'd get a lot of that. If you're asking what other team might join with them. I have no idea, but I don't want West Virginia. Us folk here in the high country have fought long and hard to keep them West oh, Virginians. Somehow we've moved the joining. high country yeah, from Wyoming yeah, yeah. to we Tallahassee. We have fought hard yeah. to keep those hooligans from the mountains of West Virginia from the high country. I think the, the hotels in this area would price them out. You know, they'd say <laughs> six night minimum, four fifty a night. We don't need you. We're good, man. Oh, that is too good. All right, so there are new people. There are people who are jumping aboard saying, wait, what, what? Milton injury? What's going on? Where are our quarterbacks? What has happened? We don't know, guys. We don't know. It's not the answer you wanted uh, me to give you, but I, I just know that according to Coach Norvell, they really wanted to get a good look at quarterback number three and four today and, uh, and, and a lot of reps as of late. Uh, I think we'll take a lot of interest in what happens tomorrow and Friday. They have practiced both days, as I understand it, and we'll be watching very closely to see uh, if if both or you know one or two or both quarterbacks are back. Yeah, I think the issue is put to rest the moment that you see on WarChant.com mm. in one of the morning practice updates, either tomorrow, Friday, or Saturday, if there is a pass thrown and or completed by Jordan Travis or Mackenzie Milton. At that point, the issue is over. Right now, the updates are only populated by Chubba Purdy and Tate Rodemaker. So maybe we can get to that point. You know what will lead to what Coach Norvell doesn't want? Even more speculative behavior from the press and fans alike if just one of them is back at practice tomorrow or the next day. Oh, sure. I mean, that is a nightmare for him then. Uh, Well, and if that bleeds into the weekend, which, I mean, who knows? We'll see what the updates say on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at WarChant.com. But then Sunday, when the scrimmage is over, I believe the availability we get is in the dead of night. It's like 9, 30, 10 o'clock on Sunday. I think the question will be, let's just say that Jordan returned to practice. Uh, well, Jordan returned to the updates. Excuse me, let me clean that up a little bit. Jordan returned to the updates. And McKenzie hadn't yet. We could ask the question, how did McKenzie do in the scrimmage? And we'll see what the answer would be. You want to hear something funny? Uh, and, I, and good on you, Mike, for bringing this to my attention on Twitter. Uh, there was a tweet in which uh, Marina Amaro tweeted out on this day in 1957, baseball player Richie Ashburn fouls and hits fan Alice Roth. Okay, so in 1957, this player, Richie Ashburn, 
fouled off a pitch, and it hit this woman, Alice Roth. So that in and of itself is whatever. You're like, oh, well, did she die? Is this a historic moment? Like, what happened here? I want to read more. So as you read more, you begin to laugh pretty hard. Hits fan Alice Roth twice in the same game (laughs) while playing the Phillies. The first hit hit Alice in the face and broke her nose. Now, that's a toughie. And I don't, you know. But she's tougher if she's still there. Oh, no, get this. So she gets hit in the face. It breaks her nose. She's obviously in a lot of pain. They, the, the, the medical personnel come racing to her aid after wearing a, a foul ball, and they're putting her on the stretcher, and he fouls off the next pitch and hits her again. <laughs> that is fantastic. What a great tweet. That is ruthless. 1957, buddy. <laughs> so I want to know, was the stretch right next to the seat? Was it like six rows up? And you're just like, you got to be kidding me. I don't know, but that is really good. The ball is just following Alice. Foul balls galore. Much like once a year, I go to the QVC video of the man falling off the ladder just so that I can hear the commentary of that woman say, and that has never happened. It's just so good. I mean, her timing, she's my hero. And that has never happened. You know. But I watch that once a year because I like to laugh. I like to watch the grape stomping woman oh, from man. the news fall off the stage. And, I don't like that noise. Oh, no, no, man. <laughs> I watch that to laugh. And then I think uh, the third thing that I go and look up is a picture of a bat. That flew from the hands, I can't remember, I know the Rays were playing, but it flew from the hands of a player. And this guy's daydreaming. He's not paying attention. And it, somebody took a still photo. This should have won the Pulitzer. Somebody took a still photo of the bat squished up against this guy's face in the stands. But the part that makes me laugh isn't the bat connecting with his face. And by the way, he's okay. But, I mean, he, he wasn't in the moment. But what's funny is the surrounding faces of the people who saw the bat coming and sought shelter because they're all like, ah, one guy's cracking up. He's three rows up, and he makes me laugh to this day. He doesn't flinch because he knows the bat is no threat to him, but that it is going to hit that guy in the face. This this guy has to be a sociopath. In the time it took for a bat to fly from a hand and hit a dude in the face, and that guy hits the snapshot, he's already started laughing. He's laughing at the point of connection without knowing whether the guy's okay. He's already going, ha, yeah. Yeah, that's, like uh, you can- <laughs> that's next level. People can enjoy schadenfreude at other people's expenses, oh, yeah. but that's next level. Uh, it's still, I love that picture. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, my God, that is really, really good. That really makes me laugh. Sorry, I'll get it back on track. I just thought I'd have a little fun with you there. As an aside. I don't, what, we could recklessly speculate, for- speculate about the quarterback. I, I was just saying, you minutes. want me to speculate for another... 45 minutes on that? I don't know what to think. I do think it's highly unusual. I, I'm i left to wonder if, you know, my personal, and we'll never get this information. They don't have to give it to us. But as somebody who is reading practice reports around the ACC, reading practice reports around the NFL, reading practice reports for any team that's on our schedule, quite frankly, and really any of the bigger games – because now I'm excited like everybody else is for all the big games in the opening weekend. And, you know, listen, I, I like to gamble. I've never shied away from that even before it was legal. I gambled illegally with a bookie all the time. And 
I uh, and and now I can do it legally, which is great. But what I'm telling you is that <laughs> you're expanding the people you're telling this message to. Yeah. It went from terrestrial airways in Tallahassee to terrestrial plus podcast, and now War Chant TV. Yeah, now everybody knows. But uh, like they didn't know already. But uh, what what I'm saying is. The point is, I'm trying to glean as much information as possible from these camps about starters, backups, what's happening, who's looking good, who isn't, especially on teams where there are a number of replacements. So, for example, Alabama, obviously always loaded for bear, but Alabama uh, is replacing all but three starters on that offense. Now, they're loaded on defense, but they, again, that's a lot to replace. And you juxtapose that against their first opponent, Miami. Miami has the most – well, they're one of three teams – that has the level of experience, returning experience, up over like 90%. It's insane. So, you know, you, you factor that in when you're making a decision about how you think about that game and what that point spread is. Point is, I'm reading these practice reports. I'm finding out what's going on in all these camps. And we're not the only camp where, mysteriously, two starters or two people projected to be a critical part of the team miss a practice or two or miss three days. And invariably, when you read that, if you go to what those people who write those practice reports are saying or you go to their boards, immediately people just assume, and, and this is this is where we live, this is what, the times in which we live, COVID. You know, I, I don't know that, but and we won't know that. Right. But I would assume, I mean, I think Mysterious it's Mysterious kind of absences yes, at other programs. critical players. At other programs. Right, currently, yes. Yeah. Yeah, every day. I mean, read a Michigan practice report, read an Ohio State practice report, read an Alabama practice report, a Miami practice report, a Florida practice report. Unless they expressly state that this guy hurt his knee and mispracticed today, or this guy's dealing with a bad ankle and he's in a boot and he's going to be out for a week, a lot of times it is just left out there like, well, interestingly enough, the you know, three the top three receivers mispracticed these last three days. Oh, did they really? They're all part of the same position group. They're all watching film together. They're all in the same meeting room, and they all just happen to mispractice at the same time. Of course that's what you're going to say. You're going to go, well, I'm, I'm going to guess somebody was exposed, and they all got to make sure that everything's good. That would be a general guess for other programs. Yes, it, yes, yes. yes that would be. But, I, yes, that's it's a guess. I do not know that to be the case here. It's just a, face, a safe Guess that you're going to encounter some of that. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Usually camp results in the sort of ongoing story that... uh, you're seeing now at Florida State. I'm not saying it's not a real thing, but I wouldn't leap to the conclusion that Treshawn Ward is going to be a star for Florida State this year. I've seen some of that because he bet on himself and he's done well for himself, and I'm happy for him, but I don't think he's a difference maker for Florida State. I think he's a reliable player, though. You need somebody in pass pro. You need somebody as an outlet out of the backfield who can make somebody miss. One of those players who you say, oh, man, okay, it's a pleasant surprise. 
you know, he's somebody who adds to the repertoire. He's not the feature player, but I think he's going to be a nice, a nice role player for us in certain situations. Yeah, you know what ends up happening is you don't like to ignore the good stories with the personnel that you have because you're thinking about how they would fit if the personnel was where it should be. And and that's more on me. You know, I, I find myself doing that quite a bit. I'll be like, well, he's, he's nice for this team. But I'm always thinking about, and it's not a slight. I mean, he's come in there, worked hard. He's earned it, and he's turned heads, and that's important, and that's great. I think about if that room is where we need it to be, Probably not much of a story there. I don't think he's a transcendent player. No, right. no, I agree. But again, these are uh, these are the players we have currently. <laughs> but they can still be positive stories and uh, still make some plays for us. Still make some key plays. I, I just it seems like from all the reports around camp that Treshawn is the type of player that you can count on to be where he's supposed to be. That is really important as you're trying to build back to something because you better be detail sound. You know, you could have more talent, but if you're not where you're supposed to be. The way we block it up, that's a pick six or something ridiculous, like a backside pressure where there's no pass pro, where there should be. You need reliable people until you can get really, really good reliable people. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. Uh, I was reading Bill Conley's article on ESPN.com, Insider, for college football's 25 most important players in 2021. And you know what you realize with all these guys that have come back because of the COVID year that they were given and – in some cases, they had already, you know, already redshirted. It occurs to you that there are guys. You're like, he's still playing college football. Sweet Jesus! I remember when Carlos Huerta kicked at Miami because it seemingly felt like Carlos Huerta kicked at Miami for 16 years. And I remember being in the stands when they announced Carlos Huerta to come out and kick. And I'm like, again? Good God, Carlos Huerta! You're balding. You got a pot belly. Yo, child support. You had a failed business. You've moved cities twice. You're still kicking here in Miami. What are we doing? I believe those are parking tickets. <laughs> but there were a lot of names that I was reminded of as I went through and looked at all these guys. Like, God, that guy is still there. Justin Ross is still at Clemson. That's the legacy of this, though. You're going to be feeling that for the next three years, four years potentially, if you had some stud freshmen that played last season. Because they're, you know, this is a freebie. It's a freebie, not just for this upcoming season, but forevermore. Clemson's linebacker, his name escapes me right now. I don't know if it's Bullware, but no, no, he's no, he's yeah. not. There's no uh, way he's still playing there. No. Well, the kid that was there this year, I, I'll have to. I mean, he's the guy in their in their linebacking core. I was like, my God, he must be thirty. He may very well be thirty. Well, and I'll tell you something else that's weird. For example, he hasn't been at this particular place very long, but because we've heard him talked about forever and a day, Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma, who's got the greatest name for a quarterback in college football, I feel like, God, I, I'm tired of hearing about Spencer Rattler, but he hasn't been there very long. No, like five minutes. He was a redshirt freshman last fall. But, I mean, it's just, again, over and over and over again, and he's got a great supporting cast. He's got a ton of great players. Their offense, Lincoln Riley's offense, always hums. He's going to put up huge numbers, and it's just going to be like next year when we're doing this, if he's still there, we're going to be like, my man is a redshirt sophomore. He's got several more years to play. This is absurd. Yes, if you're a really good college football player without much of a pro future, you really can make hay. With these five to six years that you get, you got a lot of time. A lot of records will fall, by the way. Uh, good point. Yeah, a lot of records are going to fall. Totals, yeah, career yeah. totals and all that. Uh, Jackson writes, and we appreciate you, Jackson.
What player will lead FSU in rushing yards versus Notre Dame? I'm thinking Jason Corbin. Me too, Jackson. We're in agreement there. I actually think Corbin's going to consistently be the answer to that question. I think he's due to have a good season. I think he's finally healthy. He's one of the bright spots at camp. He's got a spring in his step. He's an incredibly mature young man, well-built. He's put the time in in the offseason, but he's got that spring back in his step. He's versatile. Uh, he'll get some extra yardage at the end of runs. Uh, so I like him. He's not a breakaway runner. He's not going to change the scoreboard for you uh, with an 80-yard run or anything like that. But he's really, really steady and reliable, and he's very physical, uh, and he can catch the ball. So I, I like Corbin quite a bit. I think he'll get the most touches, most rushing attempts. I don't know about most yards, though. Because the question is, can you consistently gain yardage against Notre Dame's front with our offensive line and our situation? That question remains against every single team we play. It's true, but that would be why I'd say Jordan Travis may be the guy who leads us in rushing yards. Again, it's kind of a trick answer because I think he's obviously talking about running backs. I think that's the spirit of the question. How about this? How about this? Let's delve a little further into your hypothesis. Okay, you believe it's likely Jordan Travis because you don't trust our offensive line to create running lanes for Deshaun Corman to have a more traditional day at the office. Right. 20 carries, 86 yards, a touchdown. Like, I get it. Those aren't great numbers, but you would be, you know, that's a more traditional I can see like 18 for 57, you know, and like a 12-yard run for a touchdown in there somewhere. Okay, so let me do this then instead. Would those yards from Jordan Travis derive from Designed quarterback runs or broken plays? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Uh, uh, I think the question, the answer to that would depend on Mackenzie Milton's status, right? Mm-hmm. How many snaps do you get from Mackenzie Milton? Is it half the snaps? None of the snaps? 80% of the snaps? Because if it's a, the higher that number goes, the more designed runs Jordan Travis is going to have called for him. The lower that number is, the more scramble plays I think Jordan's going to have to create with his own legs. As opposed to somebody else. It's weird how comfortable we've gotten talking about Jordan Travis in a game against Notre Dame. Well, yes, but I think even before this week and all of the clutter and confusion over the last 24 to 36 hours, I think it was fair to expect that Jordan was going to be on the field for a lot of snaps one way or the other, right? I mean, like, now we're just thinking that maybe as the primary guy, if there's any problems that have cropped up, which we'll see. We're in the midst of the summer of more life, and it's an opportunity for you to take great advantage of the savings that Orange Theory provides, but more importantly, improve your fitness. I'm looking forward to this afternoon's workout. If you're an active member and refer a friend in August and September, you get a bunch of discounted prices over the next three months for you and your membership. If you're a non-active member, you either canceled or currently froze your account for whatever reason, you want to get back after it, just sign back up and unfreeze that sucker, and you'll get a discounted membership for the next three months. And if you're an elite or premier member, you're going to want to refer a lot of people to you get $30 off for three months. Premier members will get $50 off for three months. That's uh, 150 bones you're saving. That's uh, a lot of working out for free, basically. And it's a good time. It's my friends at Orange Theory Fitness, orangetheoryfitness.com. So to my point, Tom, about what feels like decades in which people stick around playing at their respective university Adrian Martinez is again starting at quarterback for Nebraska this year. Is that right? Adrian Martinez is again. My goodness. Starting at quarterback for Nebraska this year. Nebraska was in the news today for the wrong reasons, although if you're a Nebraska fan, you say, no, Jeff, those are the right reasons. We are trying to rectify this situation, which is desperate indeed. How many wins do you believe S&P Plus points to for Florida State 
in the ACC this year, Tom? One more time, I'm sorry? How many wins in the ACC does Bill Conley's S&P Plus project for Florida State in the ACC this year? In the ACC, all right. Just the ACC. So we're throwing out the two wins over J-State and UMass. Throw out the wins over UMass and J-State. Give me which games. Oh, which games? Well, okay, well, if you'd like, you can pick which games. That's a fun process, too. Uh, Syracuse. Syracuse. They have a 79% chance to win that game. Okay. I agree. That's one. That's the best odds of the bunch, by the way. I would think so. Um, And every other ACC game, Florida State, According to S&P Plus, go look it up if you need to, has less than a 50% chance to win. Is that right? Every other ACC game. So the next best is Louisville at home? The next best is at Wake Forest, okay. 49%. Ooh, wow. Then it's Louisville, 48%. And then there's a drop-off, I'm assuming, to the next one? Actually, surprisingly, there's not. It's 48% and 47%, respectively, with BC and NC State. So he's bullish on the Knolls. All right, S and P. Not really. It, it, he's got three point one wins in the ACC for Florida State okay. this year. Obviously, he's going to project a surefire win against Syracuse, and then in the relative toss-up games, those again being Wake Forest, Louisville, Boston College, and NC State, he's figuring on at least two wins in those games. We could do better than that. But I think that's a fair assessment. We've got to prove it, and we've got to skew the S&P Plus a little bit. Well, let me tell you the two wins that I would lean towards, oddly, uh, and it, not oddly at all. I think I think it's, it's, it's fair to say that most people believe we'll beat Wake Forest in Louisville, right? If that's the case, combine it with Syracuse, yeah, you have yeah. yourself a good month of September. Yeah, that's those good. Are, those, are your, those are your ones. The likely losses read as follows in terms of a percentage chance, according to S&P Plus. Notre Dame, we have a 32% chance to win. Miami, an 18% chance to win. That is hmm. That strikes me as interesting. It's November, man. Florida, 13%. North Carolina, 13%. What? Clemson, 6%. Oh, man. FSU should improve this year, but a schedule that features five projected top 25 teams, including North Carolina and Miami in cross-division play, could keep the win total tamped down. Uh, that's kind of per our talking point, that the schedule is pretty ruthless. Yeah, this is not a get-right schedule. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not. It's not even laid out that way. The finish is absolutely brutal to the schedule. We had our worst defensive rankings since 2009 last year. Uh, we got nothing from Marvin Wilson. We didn't, unfortunately, get much from Hampson Asledean because of injury. Both those guys are gone. He actually showed up and played, though. I, I couldn't no, believe it. I know it. you were stunned. Good for him. But you do lose Asante Samuel Jr., obviously. Uh, they're basically excited and would project and say, okay, look, if you want to get excited about players on that side of the ball that can help change the fortunes of Florida State on defense, they're the guys we've already been talking about. But I think there are more. They're Jermaine Johnson, Garrett Thomas, Jamie Robinson, Jarvis Brownlee, Travis Jay. I mean, there are a lot of guys... I, that's actually well, a fun exercise. And Mike was raving about Akeem Dent at free safety. Mm-hmm. And you've got Kevin Knowles, who we think at least by the end of the season is going to be getting a lot more reps, right? Because he's got an idea of what he wants to do, and that's inflict pain and tackle in open space and get downhill. Something that we sorely need. We've been very passive on the outside. You've got options there. 
I think that interior of the D-line is going to be okay, too. They just can't suffer an injury. But I think they're going to be more consistent, how could you not be, than last year's group. What they looked like on paper last year was one of the best interior defensive lines in the country, and it wasn't just us saying it in Tallahassee. Pundits around the country said that Florida State's interior of the D-line is top five. Never played out that way. This group won't be picked in the top 20, but I'll bet they'll be, be more consistent than they were last yeah, year. Yeah, and S&P Plus is just a tool. It doesn't mean it's going to happen the way that those numbers project. Those are based on a formula, and th- there's no you know foolproof foolproof formula. You, you can look at that and say, okay, well, I see what it's waiting yeah. and why. We've got to skew the numbers our way. Well, and listen, S&P cannot, I don't think, rightly calculate what it means, for example, to have a normal offseason, to have real practices, real time in the weight room, proper nutrition, conditioning, all of it, Right. the bonds being uh, you know, bridged and made in that offseason together, a buy-in, a locker room transformation. It can't do that. Right. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't have a formula for that. Not to mention a transfer at quarterback. We'll see what the status is there. But transfer at quarterback, uh, it's basically like getting a transfer at tight end because Jordan Wilson didn't play last year. And a I think transfer. he's a big part of what we're going to do. I, I, I really believe that, that the tight end room is not good, but it has a chance to be greatly improved because of him and Jackson West. There's also a transfer at receiver, interior offensive line with Dylan Gibbons. You got two rush ends that are transfers. You got a transfer safety slash defensive back. Actually, several of those. Yeah, that SP Plus cannot account for any of that stuff because what is that? Out of, let's call it your top 30 players on, in either phase of the ball, offense or defense, eight of those guys at minimum are going to be transfers? That's tough to account for. I wish this was a year in which we as fans could complain about the schedule in the way that it's boring with a bunch of automatic wins. You know, I. It's funny. what are you going to learn? It's I, all I, easy yeah, wins. Well, and it's funny because when you're when you're down on your luck and you're struggling, and or if you're trying to build a program to a place where all of a sudden they'll get noticed and you have a chance to corral some of the better recruits, uh, and they'll they'll take your phone calls. You you kind of take that old Bill Snyder approach at K State, where they played nobody ever. Their schedule was an embarrassment to schedules everywhere. But they kept winning games, of course, and after a while, when you're putting together repeated 9- and 10-win seasons, you're going to bowls everywhere every year. The brand is expanding. People are beginning to recognize, oh, they're winning over there. They actually they do some things year to year. They're, you know, they, they're not putting together these terrible seasons. All of a sudden, you lure one of the upper echelon recruits in, like Bishop or somebody like that, and the next thing you know, you got a guy. And now you got a marquee player at an important position because you've accumulated all these wins. Now, Florida State's not... Kansas State. It's a much more prestigious program. It uh, has built all kinds of cachet over a very long period of time, but it would be nice to glean some of the benefits of which I speak with a season of lackluster foes in which you amass eight, nine wins because kids aren't paying attention, man. You know, if you walk into a living room the year after a nine-win season and say, we're getting it turned around. You know, when I first got here, we won three games, but we won nine last year. They don't go, yeah, but coach. Let's really look into those nine. They're not doing that. High school kids aren't doing that. You're selling the bowl and the wins and the total turnaround and all that stuff, and all of a sudden, you know, you got got a little something. Uh, that's all I. That's what I mean when I say that. It's not that I'm afraid of competition. Again, I always laugh at that because I'm not playing in the games, but also because it's not our history. It's not Florida State's history. Florida State's history is to play. 
big-time opponents, out of conference, anytime, anywhere. I get all that. But you're just trying to get it turned around, move it in the right direction. And even if that is a bit of fool's gold because of a weak schedule, it's a way to sell the program not being a loser. Well, I can tell you, and but that's the thing, though. You've got to sell a reasonable message to the kids so they can judge you by the expectations that you set for yourself. And, and I can tell you through the conversations I had when I first joined the staff at Warchant about how did all those recruiting visits go, all those weekends when they had the kids, what kind of messages were being sent to the kids, and it was downplaying this very season in front of us. It was, you know, hopefully we get to six, and if we get to six, we'll be okay. That's the message internally over there is, if they can get to that number, they're going to retain an awful lot of this class, if not most everybody in this class. We and think. that's important. Well, that's we, Im- we think. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, uh, there could be some NIL money coming from Alabama towards the end or, or Georgia that might sway somebody's opinion. But that's the thing. We also did a video on Warchant TV about what if FSU scored the upset, what would that be? You know, what? how monumental would that be for the recruiting visit? And Michael's answer in the video was, oh, it would be massive. It would be great for kids that are looking at Florida State but aren't necessarily committed to Florida State. But the coaches are downplaying the season to the incoming recruits and saying, listen, just we're going to improve. Stick with us because you're going to be the reason that we take a leap, but we're going to improve a little bit this year. They are downplaying the expectations, not selling to the class of 2022 that this is going to be a 9 or 10 win season. They're saying, bear with us. Pardon our dust, if you will. Smart. Uh, That's good. I, I like reasonable coaches who set reasonable expectations because then kids will probably believe them more when they see a setback or two. The honest approach with a kid about why, A, you desperately want them, and you wouldn't phrase it desperately, but why you see this great value they provide for your football team and what you think of them as a player. Uh, I think that, that the brutal, honest, and pragmatic approach is the way to go when you've had is you know a stretch like we've had over the last four years. They're not blind. I mean, they, they do understand what they – you won three games last year, and you weren't competitive against any of the good teams. Uh, you know, Jermaine Johnson and others that said yes to Florida State, somewhat surprisingly, all noted at one time or another when being asked why that they appreciated the candor. Well, in and of itself, you know, it may be sad that we have to be pleased when we hear that coaches are being reasonable, but given the shenanigans of the previous three to four years prior to Norvell's arrival, it, you do have to ask the basic question. They're not used car salesmen, are they? They're not setting unreasonable expectations, are they? And the answer is unequivocally no. They're setting realistic expectations. Sell a vision you believe in and tell them it's not going to be easy. T-Spark Enterprises, roofing and construction services, proud sponsors of the Jeff Cameron Show, and whose services I've used, Tom has used, and many others of our listeners have as well. You can count on them. Hopefully the storm did not do damage to your humble abode. But if so, if you're looking for experienced roofing crews, a great company to work for, all that other stuff, but also need the help at your house, then I'm selling employees and... That's correct, on multiple levels. That's what I'm doing around here, buddy. Uh, Make sure you get our guys from T-Spark in there. T-Spark Enterprises available to help Come inspect the roof, and because T-Spark is uh, one phone call away and he can not only fix the roof but also license general contractor, they can also take care of any structural damage done there as well. T-Spark Enterprises, roofing and construction. Come back, and I'm about to cough. That's always good. Our first one, get ready to whistle. Well, I can't whistle, but I can tell you that coming up in October, it's the second week of October, the Stanley Cup champion two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning open up their season. Can you believe it, buddy? It's only two months away. I can believe it. Because that's the way hockey is. Yeah. 
it's uh, ruthless. I, I'm not going to bank on a third, by the way, a third straight title. That would be greedy, but it's possible. Excessive, right? Is today the 18th? Today is the 18th. Today is the 18th. Let's get to some probables, shall we? Brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services. Locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFloridaPayroll.com. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? Hey, before I get to him, Panama Jack says, NC State, Wake Forest, Louisville, Syracuse is four wins in my book, which means Jacksonville State and UMass gets you to six. I think you projected the right wins if we get to six. Panama Jack. Panama Jack is betting the over. He is betting the over, and the way he gets there are the wins that I would select. Tall task, two of those games. NC State in particular, oddly enough. Day games underway. Cubs are pounding the Reds 6-1. to one. They may finally win a game. Been a little while. Cleveland's beating Minnesota 4-2 to two currently. So let's get to the remainder of the game. The, uh, the Reds are kind of like Rod Stew, right? They had a run in the 70s and <laughs> haven't done much since. <laughs> Uh, Mets going to start McGill against East Scalfini. That's on the Mets. It's happening right now. It's going on while we speak. That 13-game stretch for the Mets. Yeah, so far they're 0-5. Barrios going for Toronto. Gray going for Washington. Boston will throw Pavetta tonight. The Yankees will throw Haney. We've got Shohei Atani going tonight for the Angels. All right. Scooble going to go for Detroit. Mott. That'd be Charlie. Going for Atlanta. Lazardo going for the Marlins. We've got uh, Watkins and... Uh, is that... Uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay has starters that play all the time. Lewis Head is starting for Tampa Bay. And I always crack up. I'm like, well, who the hell is that guy? And then you look him up. You're like, oh, they fleeced somebody for him, and he's great. Peralta, Flaherty, only Flaherty. Milwaukee and St. Louis. We got Gonzalez and Fultanevich. That's Seattle and Texas. Oakland and the White Sox are going to go Irvin and Lynn. Grinky and Singer in the late game. Houston and Kansas City. Philadelphia and Arizona. Suarez, Castellanos. My Buccos lost by another run last night. Just, oh, just man. One. Just one. Four to three. They've lost two to one and four to three against the Dodgers. Giving it a good run. You don't get much for being game. The Bodie wants said you don't get much that would be Dean JT Brubaker going for the Buckos he's not good the Dodgers may throw a fan out of the stands they have not announced yet but I wouldn't put it past them likely a win for the Dodgers well they eject people all the time and that is a look at those that shall reside on the buff boom Woody's got a positive outlook on what today meant at practice with Jordan Travis not being out there, Mackenzie Milton not being out there, or seemingly not being out there. I wasn't at practice today. I don't want to steer you wrong, but since the report only noted that you had the third and fourth string quarterbacks, Chubba Purdy and 
Mr. Rodemaker out there getting the vast majority of the reps, then okay. He says, Travis is injury-prone. Milton hasn't played in years coming off a major injury. Norvell is looking to establish his third or maybe even second-string quarterback. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Well, if I am Chubba Purdy or Tate Rodemaker, that's what I'm thinking. That sure. If I win the job over the other guy, the other young buck in our system, that means I could be the second-string quarterback. Because of the injury history of the two guys in front of me, yeah, that could mean significant snaps for me if I take care of business. Not for nothing, man. You put your uh, nose to the grindstone, you go to work, and you try to get better. It, it's a novel concept, and along the way, occasionally things work out for you, and you get your shot. And if you put in the time, and you've done the studying, and you've worked really hard physically and mentally, maybe you make the most of it, and maybe transferring's not the idea, but rather hard work is. I know it's a, a novel concept. I'm not saying there's ever a time that you can't transfer. There are plenty of times where maybe it would be best for you to do so. But I do think in this set of circumstances, it's not like Purdy and Rodemaker don't have skill sets that translate. They do. They can play. Uh, they got to get confident. They've got to be uh, obviously better day-to-day than they've been up to this point. And, you know, injuries have played a part in that too. Handicapping it, who would have the lead right now in your mind? Chubba? S- to start? Oh, between those two. Between those two. Well, every time I'm at practice, it's Tate Rodemaker. He, he's a practice in Jesse. Good work out of you. Good work, Matthew. Thanks to all of you who listened and or chatted. We appreciate you very, very much. Be well. Have a great night. Talk to you tomorrow.